What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at trylifemd.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. Attention BetMGM customers. Have a friend who loves sports as much as you do? Here's a chance for both of you to earn a $50 bonus when they sign up through BetMGM's Refer-A-Friend program. Just sign into your BetMGM account and click on the Refer-A-Friend program to send your friend a message inviting them to register a new account in the same state you use BetMGM in. Once your friend signs up and makes a deposit, they'll receive a $50 bonus. And once your friend places a bet with their bonus and the wager is settled, you'll receive a $50 bonus as well. Share the excitement and get a $50 bonus every time you refer a friend to BetMGM. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Ohio only. New and existing customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire in 30 days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. (laughs) 
Hi, folks. Welcome to another episode of Film Study. This is Ken McCusick. We're continuing on with our 25 years series, and joining me today for a really interesting topic in Ravens history is Childs Walker from the Baltimore Sun. How are you doing, Childs? I'm doing well, Ken. Thanks for having me again. Uh, always a pleasure, of course. Uh, the topic for tonight is the transition to Justin Tucker and just kind of some of the events that led up to that and uh, ended up with Justin being the kicker in 2012 for the Ravens. Yeah, which I, th- I think is actually uh, a real pivot point, at least in the recent history of the team. And I think illustrates some interesting things about the team in the John Harbaugh era. So it'll be fun to talk about. Yeah, it. Uh, a lot of people, you know, remember Cundiff only for the missed kick in that 2011 AFC Championship game. It's certainly what he's most remembered for. Uh, but Billy Cundiff had a pretty good couple of years in Baltimore. Uh, he actually made 26 out of 29 field goals in 2010. Uh, he had a great uh, touchback percentage on kickoffs as well. Yeah, I mean, in, in some ways, that was that was probably where he helped them the most um, because obviously Stover had been a terrific kicker, had been, had been a very accurate kicker, but I think they were always probably looking for a little bit more on kickoffs um, mm-hmm. and kind of certainly gave that to them in addition to being accurate. He was first team all pro in 2010. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I think probably, I think it would probably, probably surprise a lot of people to hear that because, you know, as you, as you said, the one moment, it's the kind of thing you don't, uh, you don't live down. Yeah, it's an incredible string of kickers for the Ravens. Chris Stover finished his career in 2008, had that huge kick at Tennessee to win the game. Uh, then the uh, 2009, the Ravens went with Stephen Hauschka to start the year, who's gone on to be one of the most accurate right. kick, uh, kickers in uh, NFL history. But he missed a big kick at Minnesota that basically cost him his job. Yeah, that's right. I remember I, I wrote a story about Hauschka um, when he when he was, I guess, first competing for the job. Um that was near the end of my first stint as a sports writer at the Sun, and um, he had kind of an interesting backstory. His 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 dad had uh, had I think tried out for the for the Cowboys, and you know it was it, so so it was it was a good story, and he had a tremendous leg as we as we ended up seeing. But 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 yes, that's right. And and the interesting thing is, Cundiff came in and sort of stabilized things a little bit in two thousand nine, but it wasn't that accurate in two thousand nine. Um, so mm-hmm. so it was really two thousand ten was was his uh, moment in the sun in terms of uh, in terms of the Ravens and then that 2011 season I think is interesting cuz I I don't know how you feel about it but I mean when I think back to the first their their first run under Harbaugh I think that was actually the best team like I think they were better than the 2012 team so okay. to see to see that season end that way you know I I I think in retrospect it was really it was really the best team that Harbaugh had in that first 5 year run falling short I, I buy it that it was better than the 2012 team. Actually, I think the 2009 team was the best of that group. And they only went yeah. nine and seven. I mean, but they had a great offensive line that year. Yeah, yeah. And I think, I'm, I may have this wrong, but I think if you look at the Football Outsiders DVOA stuff, I think that's, I think that's one of the best nine and seven teams ever by DVOA. Yeah. I, think, I think that's right. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so kind of 2010, as you mentioned, Pro Bowler, first time All Pro, made almost 90 percent of his kicks. The next year in 2011, he dropped to 76 percent of his kicks. Uh, you know, 28 out of 37, and and 76 percent was not as bad then as it would be now, but still right. was not near the top. Right, and he was especially he he had a lot of trouble on longer kicks that season. I, I think he I think only made one from more than 50 yards. Um, not that that ended up coming into play on the kick that everybody remembers, because of course that was was a relative chip shot. And yep. you know, I, I think anybody who was 
following the Ravens at that point remembers uh, first the first the pass that went 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 through the hands and and the and then the sort of the rush to get that kickoff. I mean, it's uh, they're they're sort of events that are burned in your brain, right? And and the what happened the year after obviously soothed uh, soothed that memory a little bit, but but I don't think anyone uh, anyone forgets those moments. <laughs> yeah, and I'm trying to remember what the length of that kick was. It might have been 31 yards. It was either 31 or 32. Okay, it was, so it was in the, yeah. it was in the low 30s, and yep. so he he missed some kicks in the 30s. He never missed a kick in the 20s his whole career. It was 64 of 64 on those. So interesting. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That and then so so that feeds into the the next year, of course. And I guess in some ways it would have been easier for the Ravens not to not to bring kind of back, right? Um, but they did, and he actually kicked really well in training camp. That's that's probably another thing that the that, that people don't remember. I mean, I know I know toward the end of camp when uh, and we'll obviously we'll get into Tucker, but uh, when when Harbaugh was about to make the decision, he he said very plainly that kind of had his best camp as a Raven in 2012. Um, he was he was right in that competition, um, and I you know one one of the interesting things in in, in going back was sort of seeing the two different guys' versions of that whole competition and sort of their psychology about it, because Cundiff very clearly felt that Harbaugh had told him the job was his to lose. That was, that was clearly his mindset. I don't think he really even saw it as a competition, maybe until the very end. Um, and, and in a lot of ways, just, just saw Tucker as another young kicker who was at camp. Um, whereas Tucker clearly believed all along that, that Harbaugh had told him if he was the best guy in camp, he was going to win the job. So Tucker sees it as a competition from, from the jump and treats it that way. Cundiff, I think doesn't really look at it that way. And, and, you know, that's sort of a fascinating dichotomy in and of itself. Yeah. You mentioned kind of kick very well. And I remember the thing I remember most about that year was that I believe in the fourth game, they sat kind or they didn't have him kick. Maybe it might've been the third game. I think it was the third the, game. Yeah, that's the right. Third game. That's right. And they, and, and they asked Harbaugh about it and he said, we think what we, we know what he can do. <laughs> and and that should have been a pretty strong indication. Although you never know with the Ravens, they might have been showcasing Tucker at the time to try yeah, and trade it. And we've seen that we've we've seen that subsequently. I mean, with yeah. with Vedvik, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I it, it was interesting. I had so I had just gone back to being a sports writer uh, that summer. You know, going going into that training camp, and so I wasn't uh, I wasn't in camp every day right right at the beginning. But I was working on a piece about how it might be um, Ray Lewis and Ed Reed's sort of last ride together, which of course it, t- it turned, out, turned out to be. So I was, I was around talking to those guys a fair amount, you know, getting, getting that piece ready for our preview section. And I do remember that the, the, the beat guys, Tuck, Tucker was, was clearly one of the main things that they were talking about from, from, from early in camp. He made, he made an impression. Um, I think not only with the way he hit the ball, which was plain to see, but I, I, I do think that confidence that everybody has come to know was there from, from the beginning. And, um, you know, uh, it was, it was interesting going back and learning his story after that, um, learning about Jerry Rossberg's sort of first meeting with him when he went down to Texas to, to watch him try out in, in, in their stadium and the conversation they had over a meal where Tucker talked a lot about, um, his background as a musical performer and Tucker wondered if that was kind of not what Rusberg would want to hear. But as it turned out, Rusberg loved that. He loved the idea yeah. that Tucker wanted to be on center stage, even if it wasn't in a football context. 
Um, and we, 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 of course, have come to know Tucker over the years. That's such a, an integral part of his, his personality. And, and in some sense, that was baked into his story with the Ravens from, from the jump. Yeah, it, it, that's, a, that's a great story about Rosberg because he himself, very interesting character, because yes. if you hear him on the on the field, he's a firebrand. He puts players down. He, he uses foul Siemens language, you know, he, he, as far as you know, all, all words of the English language are open to use <laughs> when Jerry Rosberg is around. And, and you know, going, Tyus Bowser, we're doing this snap again because Tyus Bowser screwed up, you know, kind of thing, except he might not use that exact that's language. Right. And then he gets to the podium. And he's this erudite, you know, <laughs> thinker. <laughs> and he never lets you in on that. And it's everything's always a secret, very closed door, uh, more so than any really Ravens assistant coach they've had over the years. Uh, I, I think, anyway, I mean, it, it, Marty Morningway, I couldn't make heads or tails sometimes what he was saying. But in Jerry Rosberg's case, it was clear he's, he's always hiding things, hiding behind like a snide snarkiness about this. But I could see him liking that in Tucker. I, I can have... Uh... And, and this was part of the reason I wanted to talk about this was to talk about Jerry Rosberg because I came to have enormous respect for him. Oh yeah, as a coach, I mean it was it was obvious. As you said, he often chose not to get into the details of, of, of what he was doing, but when he did, and and he t- and he took the time to explain something about 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 what they were doing or his philosophy, it was obvious just the enormous command he had of of every aspect of of, of special teams and how much he had thought about it how much how much detail he had in, in in his brain and and you know talking to players over the years that that always translated on the field yes he, he would be fiery and and you know he might make them he might humiliate them in, in the moment but I think they always felt like they were learning from him I mean that, that there was substance behind behind that it was not it was not just bluster and you know I I, I think the fact that he went down to look at Tucker also speaks to I mean he maintained just this incredibly extensive, network of contacts all around mm-hmm. the country um, where he would sort of have eyes on special teams prospects all over the place. And I mean, you know, we, I, I think, I think probably pe- people forget this now, but I mean, Tucker was not considered one of the leading kickers coming, coming out that year. He, he didn't make first or second team all conference. He was not invited to the combine. I think they invited like 12 or 13 kickers to the combine. Mm-hmm. He was, he was not one of them. Um, so, there were a couple of other teams that were interested in him, but I mean, this was very much an example of what Jerry Rosberg brought to the table and sort of knowing what was going on in his arena all over the country. Um, and, 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 you know, this is probably the greatest example there ever was of that paying off. I am just looking at his record in Texas in his last two years. He missed four kicks each year. So he's 23 out of 27, 17 out of 21, not the Tucker we know today. Right. And we have no idea on the distance on those kicks. It's not kept on, on uh, college football reference. But uh, it's, it's interesting. Not a lot of kicks either in, in terms of, total. of course, college season is going to be shorter. No, that's but, right. Uh, that's right. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think when, when, when Rosberg watched him kick in the stadium and, and he had also seen this on film, he, he always liked the way that the ball came off Justin's foot. I mean, it just, just felt like he squared the ball up beautifully over and over and, and the ball just sort of jumped off his foot. So, I mean, I, I think that was, that was the main thing. And you combine that with the personality, which 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 he obviously liked, the the, the confidence. Um, it, it obviously it, it it made an impression. Um, and 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 it is interesting. I because I did a, I ended up doing a big story on Tucker later in the season, and I I talked to his parents and and his sister, and his his mother told a funny story. You know, again we we're talking talking about the musical performance, and she told a story about him in middle school. Um, Doing a performance of, of Donka Shen 
at a, at like, a, <laughs> like, a, at like a talent show. And she said, not only did he get up there and sing it confidently, but like he was, he was like going down into the crowd and like, you know, <laughs> personally, personally singing to, to like the teachers and parents. Like he was a Vegas lounge singer. I mean, Ferris he was, Bueller. Right, I mean, yeah. It was, it was like little, little Wayne Newton. I mean, it was, uh, so he just always, it seems like he always had that. And, and I remember talking to him about, you know, kicking, kicking in high school, in Texas. And he said, you know, if you, if you, if you don't want to be the person on that stage, when everybody's looking at you, you know, thinking you're going to miss the kick, what do you, what do you do? Why, why else? Why else would you do this? Of course, of course, you want to be in the, in that moment. So he's that's just that's just him to the core. So so Tucker goes along in 2012 at camp, and uh, w- eventually wins the job. Tell us tell us how you want to tell that story. I don't want to tell it for you. Yeah, no, I mean, I you know we, we we already covered a lot of it. I mean, I think the I think that the the big moment was the one you already alluded to was that was that third preseason game where he handled all the kicks, and it. If you go back and read the coverage, a lot of people took that as as a sign that he had either won the job or was was close to winning winning the job. And I, I Har, Harbaugh did not take long to to confirm it after that. I, I I don't remember exactly when it was, but it was I believe it was the beginning of the next week. And you know that that was that was kind of another thing I wanted to hit. I mean, you know, the the special teams, the investment in special teams is certainly one of the major features of of the Harbaugh era. And Rossberg is a big part of that. Um, I think. I think another one of his strengths as a, as a as a coach has been he does not have a problem making decisions. Right. I mean, when 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 he has to make a decision that might be that might be unpopular, that you know might might might, might be divisive. I he he doesn't. I don't think he has a problem making it, and I, I don't I don't think he looks back after he's made it. And, and obviously, Lamar Jackson ended, ended up being the, one. the yeah. most glaring example of that. But you know, I think Tucker was an earlier example of it. Um, where that it, it was it was just a decision that was criticized in in some quarters. Um, my former colleague Kevin Cowherd uh, came out wrote, wrote, wrote a column right, right away saying it was saying it was a big mistake that, that the Ravens should uh, you know the the Ravens would be much better off having a more experienced kicker in, in those big moments, <laughs> even though even though kind of had had a, had a hard, hard time the, the year before. So it was not a universally a, a agreed upon decision. Um, but yeah, I, I, I guess that's what that's what jumps out is just. Uh, it's just the decisiveness. Once the, they, they clearly they had viewed it as a legitimate competition, meaning Harbaugh and Rosberg. They they by by that point in camp had no doubt that, that Tucker had outperformed Cundiff, and they had no problem making the decision. It was ultimately you know a, a very decisive moment. And, and then I guess the other thing was that clearly clearly Cundiff was caught off guard by it. I mean he he felt like. He had done exactly what he was asked to do in, in in camp. He felt like the job was his, and he was he was blindsided by it. And you you know you read you read some of his his comments from it. I mean he I he handled it very professionally, and and you know the Ravens said a lot of I mean Harbaugh said a lot of nice things about him on the way out. Mm-hmm. But I think he, it, you didn't have to even read between the lines to see that Cundiff was stunned and probably somewhat hurt by right by the decision because hey. yeah. You'd expect it for after three years. Sure, I, sure. There's somebody else I want to ask you about in all mm-hmm. this. Of course, Randy Brown has been around since I think 2007 for the Ravens, maybe 2008, but, but yeah. right at the beginning of the Harbaugh era. So he was here for this. Right. So what was his part of this process in either going down and seeing Tucker kick or working him out in Baltimore or whatever it might have been? I don't think he made that trip to Texas with, with Jerry. I think that was just Jerry. At least, at least that's my 
that's always been my understanding of it. Um, now, obviously, he he was he was around working working closely with the, with the kickers as as he always has during during camp. Um, now, the way the Ravens do media, though, it, it wasn't like we were talking to Randy Brown, so we we so we were not hearing his thoughts on it. So, I you know, we we've certainly talked to him about Tucker a few times over the years, but I don't know that I've ever heard him talk in detail about his perspective on those weeks. Um, so he was there and he was a part of it, but exactly what his role was and, and what he was thinking at, at that moment. I don't know. I don't know. Okay. It's absolutely fascinating. Of course, Tucker's gone on and had the great career, but is there anything else about the transition that, that was really spoke to you about maybe by the end of 2012 and by the mile high miracle game and his big kick? Well, I think the other, yeah, the other thing that stood out was, um, his teammates, his teammates did not have a, did not have a problem with it. I mean, they, they, they embraced it quickly. I mean, they, they, they liked what they saw with, from him throughout. And now, I mean, position players always have an interesting view of kickers. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, they're, they're regarded as sort of these odd exotic creatures off, 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 off to the side doing strange things. So, so that never goes away. I don't think even, even now, I, I think, you know, they all they all certainly respect Tucker as as much as they possibly could. But even even, even now, I think there's a little bit of that feeling. But um, yeah, I I just remember that the swift the swift embrace of him, the way his confidence sort of came across to them, the way his talent came across to them. I mean, I, you know, I think they were they were also very just 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 impressed by the the physical talent that they saw the way the way that he hit the ball throughout camp, the consistency of it, and and then and then the moxie, and once they got into the season. I mean, he just didn't, he didn't, didn't miss a beat. I mean, you know, he only missed, he missed three kicks all year, made, made several, several game winners. I think he was three for three in his first game. Um, didn't miss a kick in the playoffs, obviously hit the 47 yarder in double overtime in, in Denver, which was the, you know, was kind of probably his signature kick from that season. But, but I, I think it was just the seamlessness of the whole thing. Yeah. I, that Denver kick, it still amazes me, you know, in the stands that day, of course, and, and to have them, uh, be so sure of their kicker at that point that you'd run Ray Rice into the middle of the pile three times in a row, gain what maybe three four yards on on that, but not try yeah. for closer than forty seven yards. It is Denver, but still, it's outdoors. It's January. It's, it's cold. Freezing. Cold. I mean, it was yeah, un- I mean, uh, unbelievably cold. That's one of the memories from that yeah. night, right? Oh yeah. I mean, and in that double overtime game, and I you were probably in the press box there, but you, I was st- sitting out there in the stands, and I, I it was my pre learning about standing on cardboard times, and so, <laughs> and so you know, literally, my feet literally had frostbite by the end of the game. It's a very fond memory. It's, it's it's still probably my best day of football, and walking out of there and grabbing up a bunch of programs from the outside, and this was just all so fun. But anyway, I, I, I'm going astray. I could not believe that the that the Ravens did not try for more. Then you know three or four yards uh, uh, right up the middle. Uh, at that point, I mean, unbelievable trust in Tucker because they were going to give the ball back to Manning near midfield under those circumstances. What it would have been about the thirty-seven yard line, I guess, right? If it was a forty-seven yard kick, yeah, and yeah. you know would have made it a pretty easy field goal drive for him. Yeah, and I, I think I think the way people remember that game is also interesting because I think I, I think people probably it probably tends to get compressed in, in, in the memory. I, I think a lot of people don't even remember that it went to double overtime. I mean, people, people, were, people remember, people remember the heave and then yeah. they remember the kick, but I'm not sure that people remember that we went through a whole overtime before, before getting to it. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe, maybe people remember every second of it. I, I, I know that you do, but, 
just one but, of those things. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, just just the just the way that the tension sort of. I mean, it sort of kept getting re ratcheted up, I guess, <laughs> before 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 he hit that kick. Yeah, it, it really was. I mean, there was there was the, first of all to, to to keep the ball like twenty to forty yard line on both sides really hard, but they had the third and thirteen throw by Flacco that bailed the Ravens out near the goal line, and then they had the great punt, which you know basically flipped the whole field from the Ravens being at their own three to the to, to Denver starting at their own five with Jimmy Smith covering the ball. It just I, I, there's there's so much in that overtime period yep. even before we got to the interception and the and the subsequent. Relatively short drive. There's Yonda, the push play on Rice to get in the extra yardage, and uh, boy, it was a great overtime period. No, but I, I think I think you're, you you make a very good point, which is that which is that Tucker was a made he was already a made man at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, that kick sort of you know put the put the cherry on it, but uh, and and then he makes two field goals in the fourth quarter in the in the Super Bowl, and that's very very tense as well. Now those weren't those weren't long long kicks. I think it was a 19 yarder and a maybe a 37, 37 or 38 yard or indoors. Right. So those are, I mean, he would, he would hate himself forever if he missed one of those kicks, but um, yeah, no, the, the, the belief in him was absolute by, by that point. And I, and I think, I think pretty early on it, it was, it, it, it was there. Um, and, you know, he's never, uh, never really slowed down since. Yeah, they, going back to the drills for a second, yeah. they do in camp. You know, they they do those usual extend start at thirty five or something, and then they extend the field goals from there. And and sometimes you know you got a couple guys going, and you want to just go as far as you can. And especially if they're at the stadium, they'll let it happen. Uh, but Tucker must have killed in those drills in that era. I, th- I think I remember being at the stadium in two thousand twelve for a practice that was held there, and seeing Tucker win with a very long kick. I thought again it would have to been against Gundiff in, yeah. in that camp. Yeah, and I remember um, in the in the sort of day to day coverage of camp, um, and and this this gives you a sense that you know regardless of how Gundiff was looking at it, the 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 local media was certainly looking looking at it as one of the major competitions of camp. I remember over and over. Um, Jeff Zerebeck, who was our, who was our beat writer at the time, obviously now the beat writer at the athletic, um, would, would, would publish the up-to-date tallies of, of the field goals that they had made in practice. Um, which I don't think is necessarily something that you expect to see from, from, from coverage of, of, of kickers, but that kind of tells you the, the, the focus that was on it, even, even at, at that time and how big a narrative it was, you know, coming, coming out of the previous season, you know, the, 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 the kind of story and then, and then how, Tucker quickly interjected himself as a, as a character in, the, in that narrative. And, and it, in a lot of ways, it was probably the most exciting story of that training camp because it was a, it was otherwise a, a veteran team that was, mm-hmm. uh, you know, what, whatever they were going to prove, they were going to prove later in the season. Right. I mean, the, the, mm-hmm. it, was, it wasn't like we didn't know what they were, what they were bringing to the table overall. So, uh, so, so in a lot of ways, I, I think that became the, 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 the big show during, during camp and, and, you know, the fact that it ended up setting, setting up this incredible, what, I guess, nine, ten, and we're, we're in year 10 now of, of, of Tucker. I mean, we, 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 we may have been watching the, the greatest kicker who, who has yet, who has yet done it. Pretty good um, chance. <laughs> pretty, pretty, pretty good chance. Right. So, yeah. so, I mean, it was a, uh, it was, it was a dramatic beginning to a, to a, a great story that's still going on. I, I, Childs, I can't thank you enough for coming on. It's first recounting this story from us, a different perspective than, than a lot of people are really aware of. And obviously, even to the degree, some of it is a reminder, um, tremendous detail on this in terms of Rosberg going down to Texas and, the, and the, all the singing. And whatnot. I mean, this is this is 
I think this is one of the best of this entire series that we've done because of because it really matched up with something you wrote all those years ago. I guess is really what this comes from. Yeah, it was fun. To, it was it was fun for me to to, to go back and, and and look at the stories too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, tell folks where folks where people can talk football with you. Yeah, so I'm you you know I'm 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 on Twitter at, at Charles Walker, and then uh, you know my my Raven stuff is 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 in the sun multiple uh, multiple times a week. So BaltimoreSun.com, and um, you know it's it's through at least at least three or four things a week. So uh, that will that will continue throughout the season. See the the game previews and the five things we learned are the are probably the things we know you best for. Yeah, those are the those are the things that that are there every week. But then you know you'll you'll get another. Uh, Another another feature too out of me this week. So, this this week being the bye week, we, we we've done a lot of sort of season season so far stuff mm-hmm. that'll be rolling out over the next few days. So 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 look for that. Me and uh, Jonah Schaefer. So all yeah. right, looking forward to that, Childs. Uh, folks out there, if you want to do a twenty five years uh, podcast, please hit me up on Twitter with a DM. Uh, looking for these kind of narrow focused topics. This is perfect in terms of the, 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 the kind of focus we get into real depth on it. Uh, love to hear from you about that. And uh, it's easy enough and it'll be a quick turnaround to get on. Childs, thanks again for joining us. Yeah, thanks, Ken. We'll talk to you next time on Film Study. <laughs> When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.